I'm Ann Dart. I'm Tracy Stormy. And I'm Kathy Knight. And together we are It Was a Dark and Stormy Book Club. A podcast for mystery lovers. Welcome. Welcome back. On today's episode, we are going to have an interview with Andrew Schaefer, who wrote the Obama-Biden mystery series. This mystery thriller reunites Vice President Joe Biden and President Barack Obama for a political mashup full of suspense, intrigue, and laugh-out-loud bromance. Andrew Schaefer is the New York Times best-selling author of Hope Never Dies, an Obama-Biden mystery, the parody, 50 Shames of Earl Grey, and numerous other humorous works of fiction and nonfiction. He is a two-time Goodreads Choice Award nominee and a one-time finalist in the humor category. Schaefer attended the Iowa Writers Workshop and studied comedy writing at Chicago's famed The Second City. Oh, he didn't mention that. No, he did not. That's pretty big. Yep. An Iowa native, Schaefer lives in Lexington, Kentucky with his wife, novelist Tiffany Rise. We had a lot of fun speaking with Andrew, so stay tuned for our interview. We would like to welcome Andrew Schaefer to the show. He is the author of Hope Never Dies. We welcome Andrew. Hello. Thanks for having me on, Tracy and Kathy. Well, Andrew, we thoroughly enjoyed Hope Never Dies, so we are really anticipating your next book. And we can't help but wonder if you have come up with a totally new mystery for Obama and Biden to solve. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah. So the first book, they solve a crime in Delaware that sort of deals with the opioid crisis and some other things in there. But it's a crime where an Amtrak conductor gets hit by a train and Joe sort of thinks that foul play is involved. Now, so for the second book, I wanted to go outside of Joe's territory. And so we're going to Chicago for the second book, which is called Hope Rides Again. And that's going to be a totally new mystery. It's set a couple months, probably six months after the events of the first book or so, six to nine months. And so it's going to be still while Joe is deliberating running for president, because uh, I don't know what he's going to do this spring. (laughs) But it's more of a buddy cop story than the first one, because the first one had them sort of split up and then they get back together. And the second one, they're together the whole time. So I think people have a lot of fun with it, but it also does sort of tackle some serious issues with violence in Chicago. I understand that Chicago is pretty notorious for having a lot of crime. Chicago is an interesting place. It's always been notorious for crime ever since it was founded in this country. So it's always had an issue, whether it was sort of the Wild West atmosphere that it started with or Al Capone in the gangster era to a lot of the violence that we see right now on the south side of Chicago. It's always had a really violent aspect to it. It is a very natural setting for a noir story. I've been to Chicago a couple of times, but I've only seen the pretty side of Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You can go there and you can take an Al Capone tour or whatever, and they sort of celebrate with a wink and a nod the violent history. But you're like, well, you know, there are still parts of it that are violent. It's not necessarily a thing of the past, but I think every city does that to some degree. They sort of romanticize what happened 100 years ago. They're 
they're like, oh, here's our brothels. And I'm like, you probably have similar issues today somewhere in your town. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So the biggest question is, what inspired you to write a mystery with Obama and Biden as the protagonist? I'd always wanted to write a mystery with Joe Biden as a protagonist, sort of like a Walter Mitty, where he would have ideas in his head of little crimes he's solving around the White House. You know, maybe there's a missing cat or something. Or Because everybody says that the vice president doesn't have anything to do, really. And so I thought it would be fun to have this guy walking around because he has those aviator shades on. So he just looked like a, this really ridiculous sort of action hero almost. And I thought it'd be fun to play off of that. But it never really got off the ground until they were on their way out of the office and those Obama-Biden memes started to go around. And so I was like, well, what if I throw them together? And it's so it's more of like a buddy cop story than just a Joe Biden story. And that's what got the publisher interested in doing the book eventually. So from there, it was pretty fast. We found a publisher right away and they were just like, great, write it. And it happened. Well, it was very clever. Well, I guess that kind of answers the next question a little bit since you've been interested in Joe Biden all along or how much research went into just getting all of Obama's and Biden's idiosyncrasies down pat because you did do very well. Yeah, there's a fine line you have to walk between getting to know them too well and then getting to play up to what their public image is because as I was researching, I would find out that Joe Biden swears quite a bit and it's kind of a filthy mouth at times. He's dropped an F-bomb here or there, but his public image for the most part is uh, this malarkey and gosh darn, I'm upset. And so at a certain point when I was reading these behind the scenes books and listening to their autobiographies and all this kind of stuff, you'd learn little stuff about them and you go, if it jars with what the public thinks about them, I don't really want to include that. So there was a fine line between doing too much research and at some point I just had to put the books down and start writing. Well, I have to admit that before I read this book, I really didn't know a lot about Joe Biden's past and I didn't know about his failed run for president. Yeah, I didn't remember that. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably for the past, right? Yeah, he actually had a really good shot at the presidency in 88 and you could have seen that happening very easily, but the problem was that he was on this committee doing these Supreme Court hearings for the Justice Bork nomination, which he still considers one of his greatest achievements is railroading this guy out of the way of the Supreme Court, but it's mostly forgotten today. You don't remember the people that were up for the Supreme Court that didn't get it. You remember the ones that are on there. And you definitely don't remember the people that were responsible. (laughs) Right behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, and they're like, people would watch it on TV every day, and I was like, that sounds really, oh, boring. Because he wanted to show off how smart he was. He's like, I didn't go to an Ivy League school, but I know he was a lawyer, and he knew law, and he wanted to kind of show it off, and he did. But you know, at the same time, you're like, oh, this is all kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> so out of curiosity, have you ever been to Delaware, and especially some of the seedy areas that you described? in the book? While I was writing the book, I'd driven probably through accidentally. If you're driving around the Northeast, you can't help but accidentally drive through Delaware or Connecticut or some of these smaller states, but I had never really stopped there or anything until I wrote the book. And while I was writing the book, I picked up all the books I could on Delaware, which was two. And that sounds like a joke, but it's not. There were two books. 
books oh uh, that I could find on what to do if you're moving to Delaware or something. And I was like, oh, it was like 20 pages long, too. So, you know, I went online. I did a lot of research with Google Maps. And I always go to like these message boards that are used by people in cities. So I sort of find out what's going on on the ground there, what people really think without having to actually go there. Because I was on such an accelerated time frame. I had six months to write the book and revise it. So I just didn't have enough time to be going around the country and looking at different stuff. And so when I got there on my book tour, I did three or four events there. And thank God they were all great. People there really overwhelmingly loved the book. I thought they were going to come out and burn me at the stake or something. But I had the best crowds and very engaged audience for the readings and everything. Uh, But I didn't have a lot of time when I was there to dawdle around. Um, So I didn't see any parts of Wilmington. It was basically I went to the beach, uh, Rehoboth Beach, and then I went to a little part of Wilmington. That was all I saw was just mm-hmm. a very little. I can't wait to go back. It's such an interesting state. They've got all these cows and cornfields and stuff all around. It reminded me of uh, growing up in Iowa. It's like they've kind of got this sort of, you know, this little homey atmosphere that's like right in the middle of the eastern seaboard. And you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> well, being from Maryland, we are very proud of our state. But we know in Baltimore, there's some areas that we wouldn't walk around at night. So mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from the pride. So I'm sure Delaware feels the same way. Well, they were probably thrilled to have another book written about that. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. I did have one woman come up. I talk about this apartment complex in the book that's kind of a bad looking apartment complex set down in a really beautiful old colonial type neighborhood. And and she said, how did you know what my apartment complex was like? That was kind of weird, you know, how (laughs) accurate that was. And I said, I was just on Google Maps, just kind of buzzing around the city until I saw something that looked horrifyingly noir-like that would fit into the book. And she's like, you described it perfectly. (laughs) Well, I have to say that's a great idea to go on Google Earth and map and look around. That's a wonderful research tool. Oh, yeah. You can do so much now that you couldn't have done even 10 years, 20 years ago as far as researching. I'd love to say, oh, I go to the library and I sit there all day and blah, blah, blah. But the fact is you can do so much from your computer right now that it's just such a great research tool at your fingertips. Absolutely. I think writers today are a little spoiled compared to <laughs> oh, what yeah. used to have to go through oh, before. Yeah. So have Obama or Biden given any opinion of your book? Well, I did run into Joe Biden when he was in Kentucky a couple months ago when he was campaigning for one of our local candidates here. And his people got a hold of me and they said, Joe's coming through and he'd like to talk to you. And I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I hadn't heard anything from him up until that point. So I knew he was aware of the book because he had taken a photo next to it. So I knew that he knew it was out there, but I didn't know what he thought about it. But apparently at that time, I don't think he had read the book. The people that worked for him for the campaigning that he was doing, they were fans of the book. And he was having people come up to him at rallies and stuff and asking him to sign the book. So I think he was like, <laughs> I want to talk to this guy. I want to find out what's going on here. And so when we met, we talked for a few moments and he signed the book for me so that was very nice but he basically said great job and I was like well wait till you read it sir 
I know that Obama is certainly aware of the book because we tried to get him a copy and his people were like, oh no, he already has a copy or something. But I haven't like heard what his thoughts are on it. But if you look at the Obama reading list that he puts out every year, he really likes really heavy books. Yes, I mean, he does. Literary <laughs> fiction, really heavy subjects for nonfiction, which is great, but I can't see him picking up a mystery novel. I can see him throwing it across the room. So. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll be a guilty pleasure or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh, one of the plot points in the next book is that some idiot has written a mystery novel starring them and ah! it just really ticks them off that this is out there. So it, it gets a little bit meta, but there's some fun scenes with that in the next book. Now I'm curious, who is the person that has surprised you the most that's reached out to you about this book, other than Joe Biden? A lot of Obama's previous staffers have reached out, and I've talked to them and stuff. And, you know, I wasn't... And they say take... you, you nailed it? For the most part, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give you any tips of things you should include in the next book? No, they didn't, but I was talking to Obama's co-writer on his memoir coming up, who was one of his speechwriters at the White House. He had joked that, oh, now we got to throw out half this memoir of all the stuff that's happened since he's been out of office since he wrote this because it's so accurate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got a research tool. Yes, yeah, so I guess that there are people whose brains I could pick if I sort of wanted to. But again, it goes back to the point of I don't want it to be so real that it sort of conflicts with what people think that they're like in private. You know, and I don't want to know either. So it's like when I went to the rally where Joe Biden was and he was up there stumping for a local candidate. He was basically in really angry Joe Biden mode. He's like, fired up. We got to do something. We got to vote. And I was like, oh, that's not the Joe in my book. The Joe yeah. in my book is a little bit more laid back. I love the Joe in your book. Yeah. <laughs> the characters in the book are definitely divergent from real life. And I think I want to probably keep it that way. You know, I haven't decided what we're going to do if he decides to run, but I think we'll have advanced copies of the book here within the next couple of months. And the book comes out in July. So at that point, it's too late to really change what we have. It is set last year in 2018. So that's one thing going for this book is it's sort of a snapshot of time. That's very true. We are definitely looking forward to the next book. What other political characters would you like to turn into detectives? Maybe Michelle and Jill? <laughs> <laughs> I do have some more Michelle in the next book. I wanted to keep them out of the first book because I wasn't sure how the book was going to be received if they're like, keep our wives out of this or something. But from everything I've heard, I don't think their wives would be too upset to be characters in there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, You know, I did do one book before this that was called The Day of the Donald, which was a murder mystery that featured a hypothetical future where Donald Trump was president. <laughs> um, and that came out during the primaries in 2016. And so nobody thought that was going to happen. I said, the next book that I write, if it happens, it's going to have to put something that would really kick ass. And so that's why I decided to do the detective novel. If I do another thing with politicians, I mean, I'm going to have to be really careful because I think I have this power to where some of this stuff sort of comes true. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say it predicts the future or anything, but it was like the first time that Obama and Biden got together in public was a week after my book came out. So that was the first time post-presidency in a year and a half that they'd gotten together. I'm not saying, you know, I have that kind of power, but what if I do? I don't know. <laughs> I have to think hard about it. I have yeah. to use it wisely. 
have well, to be very careful. Well, yeah. if that's true, I have some suggestions of some books you could write for me. <laughs> okay. Are, are these just personal? No, uh, a lot of political. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about how you got your first book published? I know that this is your first mystery book. You have other books that you've written. Yeah, yeah. It's like my 10th book overall. I had always wanted to be a writer uh, since I was a kid. I never wanted to do anything else, but it took a long time to get there to be a published writer. I went to the University of Iowa where I learned stuff from writer's workshop students and professors and stuff. And it took me until I was almost 30 before I published, I think I was 30 before I published my first book, which ended up being a nonfiction book called Great Philosophers Who Failed at Love. Now, I knew nothing about philosophy. I knew knew nothing about philosophy. It was based on a series of greeting cards that I wrote, which were just like Nietzsche and Kierkegaard and these different philosophers saying really negative, awful things about romance. (laughs) And because they were often frustrated in their personal life, it was just a sort of a gift book where it was like, you know, four different philosophers contrasting their private love lives or lack thereof with what they said about a romance and whatnot. It was meant to be humorous. It got shelved in the philosophy section and I knew nothing about philosophy. So I ended up doing events with people who, who had written serious philosophy books and stuff. Oh, so yeah. it was very strange that I was just like, oh, I knew guys like you in college. Oh <laughs> my God. They could talk. they talk around you for hours, especially when they were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> And so it wasn't the book I thought I would write first. You know, I always wanted to be a novelist. I read detective novels. My favorite type of in novels were mystery novels and horror novels. And so I always liked anything that was sort of genre. I had no idea I was going to write a nonfiction book, but that's just kind of how it worked out was that I did a series of greeting cards, published them online, and people sort of gravitated towards them and they got me some publicity. From that publicity, I was able to attract the attention of a, an agent who said, hey, have you thought about turning these into a book? And it was a week later, I had a book deal. It was really strange. It was not what I expected. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, I expected to go a very different way. And from there, I wrote another nonfiction book about authors who drank and did drugs and stuff. It's called Literary Rogues. And it was just about how scandalous their lives were. And then I did a parody called Fifty Shames of Earl Grey. And from there, I started to do some tie-ins to movies, How to Survive a Sharknado, um, <laughs> which is really great advice. I don't know if I'd say I got sidetracked, but I was writing books but I wasn't necessarily writing the type of books that I read or that I thought I would write. And so it wasn't really until, I think until this book, that I was like, oh, this is a mystery. This is what I read. And it's got a quirky angle with the president. And so I was like, I finally sort of found it. And so it's the first book that I've written a sequel to. So there might be another one down the road. I hope to keep writing in that vein because it's resonated with people. And I'm not saying my other stuff didn't, but this also resonates with me. So Well, that's one of the most unique ways I've heard of becoming an author by way of the greeting card industry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think did the whole sending out short stories and getting rejections and sending out novels and getting rejections for good 10 years in my 20s. And at that point, I had basically given up on writing. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just write greeting cards because I was also an artist and I was like, well, I can combine two things. And yeah, just I'd given up. I was like, no one's going to like these. And lo and behold, that led to the first book deal. Very odd. It just goes to show you never know. Yeah. So 
when you ask a writer and you're like, oh, you try to duplicate someone's path, every writer's path is so different that even if you could crack and say, oh, I'm going to do what you did. Well, you know, that avenue is closed down now. So you have to find your own way. Timing is everything, they say, especially in this world. Your wife is an author also? Yeah, uh, Tiffany writes. What types of books does she write? She writes erotica, romance, women's fiction for Harlequin books, one of their imprints called Mira. And so she writes stuff that's, uh, yeah, very different than mine, but it's great stuff. In fact, I had read one of her books before we started dating, and I was like, wow, this is really great. You don't know, you don't want to start dating another writer and then read one of their books and go, oh, <laughs> oh that's not good. Especially so, if you like it, that yeah. would be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it didn't hurt that it was erotica. She writes some, some great stuff, though. Well, I read your acknowledgement in the back, and you gave her credit for <laughs> some of the jokes in the book, but she wanted the cat to get credit. <laughs> yeah, she had read the book and suggested one of the jokes in the book that they do a game called POTUS, SCOTUS, or FLOTUS. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes. And when she suggested this, I said, you know, if she suggests it, it sounds funny. And then I go, if I'm the one that puts it in the book, it sounds like a sexist thing. And I got around that by having, you know, Obama say, oh, this is a really sexist, horrible game, Joe, <laughs> to where they're sort of grading women. And I was like, this is so horrible. And, and then it ended up being like my editor, the first note I got back on the book was like, oh, my God, this joke is great. <laughs> well, there were quite a few moments in this book where I laughed out loud reading this book. It was great. It's great to read a mystery that it was a good mystery, but it still was entertaining. Great job. Yeah, it's tough. You want the funny stuff to be real moments between the characters. But I think the trick is to have it hanging on a serious mystery to keep you reading. Because if a book is just funny nonstop from beginning to end with no plot, you you can put it down at any time, basically. There's what keeps you reading. It was definitely a balance I tried to strike there. You did. Thank you. Now, we know about Hope Rides Again. Do you have any other books or events you'd like our listeners to know about? Not at all. Oh, my goodness. No. I've always really just worked like one book in advance because I know a lot of writers, they're working like two years in advance on a book or something, and then they have a lot of time. But almost every book I've done has been like, oh, you've got like three months or you've got six months to do this and and we got to get it done really fast. So I've always worked under a really tight deadline. And then it's like, oh, now you don't have anything to do for the next six months. (laughs) But I'll probably be going on another book tour this summer. I would say just keep a lookout for me riding into town. Probably not on an Amtrak, probably on a ring. <laughs> But yeah, the tour that I did last summer was six weeks long. It was by far the longest I've ever been away from home. Just on a sort of tour like that, I just wasn't really prepared for it. I was like, oh my gosh. And probably by the end of it, I wasn't doing the laundry and I wasn't, I was probably a mess. So I say, come out this summer. I'll have a change of clothes with me. It's going to be totally different. But they've been really fun events though. So I hope to do some more in, where are you located? Maryland. Maryland. I did one in Fredericksburg, I think. Curious Iguana, I think it was something. There were a couple out there that I got kind of confused about because I was like, where am I? Because all the states are just like right, just right next to each other. Yeah. I'm in Maryland. Nope. I'm in D.C. Okay. Nope. Do you ever do any of the mystery conferences? I haven't done any of them yet because for so many years, I went to romance conferences with my wife. Like it's just sort of conference fatigue. <laughs> 
I loved doing them, but it was just like, if you go to a conference, you're there for a couple of days or a week, and then it just is a whole chunk out of your schedule. And it's so much fun. Then you go home and you're like, oh, I want to go back out. (laughs) No, you got to work now. One here in Maryland in May called Malice Domestic. Oh, okay. So May 3rd, 4th, and 5th? Yes. And so you might want to check that out. We'll be there. Oh, okay. Malice Domestic. It's every year in Bethesda, Maryland. Right outside Washington. I am going to be at one in D.C. called a Polycon in March, but it's mostly going to be a romance convention. I get myself seated there, too. Oh, nice. I notice a lot of romance readers also enjoy the mystery genre, so they hold hands very well. If you like a certain type of genre writing, you you like entertaining writing you like mysteries romances horror i say anything but literary fiction really (laughs) (laughs) which is ironic since that's sort of what i went to school to learn to write but sometimes you learn what you don't like well i guess that's what school is for right (laughs) (laughs) so you said hope rides again comes out in july i think you said yep that's right yeah i tell you what andrew that when it comes out we'd love to have you back on all right sounds great definitely drop your line because the events are really fun. They're not like boring readings. They're really fun. Sometimes the crowds are a little rowdy. Political crowds get a little rowdy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you'll update all this on your website? Yeah, it's just uh, andrewshafer.com S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com We'll update our show notes with that information, so if people want to check you out, they can go on your website. Excellent. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being a part of our show. We thoroughly enjoyed this book and we'll be waiting with bated breath for the next one. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun and great to see Obama and Biden get together and ride again. <laughs> I especially uh, like Joe's ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah, the charge. The, what did he call it? The uh, oh. the, the Beast was oh, the Obama. The Beast, yeah. The Obamas and, <laughs> and the Charger was, was Joe's. But yeah, for the next book, there's going to be a wide variety of vehicles. I said it's going to turn in by the third book. It's going to be like the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> it's just going to be all about the cars. You're going to forget about the characters. It's just, it's just be like, who was in this? I don't know, but there were some great cars. I have a 19-year-old son, and he was looking at the book, and he was asking me questions about it. I actually told him, I said, honestly, after a while, I kind of forgot that it was Obama and Biden in the book. It became a buddy detective mystery. <laughs> but yeah, lots of vehicles in the next one. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. All right, Andrew, will you have a wonderful rest? of your day and hope to talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Tracy and Kathy. All Have right. A great day. Thanks again, Bye-bye. Andrew. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Andrew is a very interesting character. He sure is, but he's definitely very humorous, and that came through in the book very well. Absolutely. Whatever your political views are, just to poke a little fun at these characters, in all in good nature, not oh, a mean yeah. poke fun. It was very enjoyable, and I did really laugh out loud quite a few times when they ended up in the cow field. I don't think that anyone could take offense at his book. Andrew said he was a little nervous about how Joe Biden and Barack Obama would view his portrayal of them, but I don't think there was any danger of them not liking his portrayal. They both came off very well and funny, of course. I thought it was great how in the beginning of the book, Biden was jealous of Obama 
dramas, adventures, adventures with, with movie stars, famous <laughs> people. Yes, definitely. That's very huge. And how fit he was. How uh, anybody who knows anything about Obama can see how fit he is. Well, he's also a much younger man than Joe yes, Biden. Absolutely. I can see an older man being a little bit jealous of a younger you acquaintance. Might, I'm curious what direction he's going to take this in the next book. I liked how at the end of this book they talked about getting their detective license and whether they're going to pursue that. I think the thing that I was most curious when I started reading this book is how they were going to handle the Secret Service because even though the vice president apparently loses his detail. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. But the president never will. The president never loses his detail. So I was curious how they were going to work that into the story. And I thought that Andrew did a good job. I think they handled it very well how they lost him at some point. Yeah, they they snuck away from him. (laughs) And then he got injured. So there was plenty of Biden-Obama moments without... Without their Secret Service keeper. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounded like their keeper was glad to get rid of them at yeah, the end of yeah. Wouldn't you be? My goodness. I See, know. <laughs> there are a couple of troublemakers. Seedy <laughs> hotels. And Delaware, actually, there are some beautiful parts of Delaware, but the parts they describe in this book. I've been to Delaware quite a few times in my life, but I don't think I've ever come across the seedy area. But then, you know, you drive through Delaware and it's like blink of your eye and you're <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah, what he said about uh, you can be in one state. That is so true with the mid-Atlantic region. We have states all over the place. (laughs) And like you said, you didn't have to be Democrat or care for a political party one over the other with this book. You just enjoyed the mystery and enjoyed the relationship that Andrew imagines for Barack and Joe. And what's cool about it is since you do know these characters, you can see where some of the idiosyncrasies came from. You can tell Andrew definitely did his homework. I didn't know some of these things. Like, I knew Barack Obama smoked cigarettes. I thought maybe he eventually quit. What I would like to hear more of, and it sounds like Andrew is including Michelle and Jill more in the next book, and I would like to see how he portrays them and how he includes them. And he's. I would read a mystery just with Michelle and, and Jill. Jill. They are two formidable women. Absolutely. And very accomplished, both in their own fields. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Yep, definitely. Well, I think that Andrew Schaefer just took Barack Obama and Joe Biden and portrayed them as being a great team as they seem to have been in the White House. And so he thinks they continue that same vein in mystery solving. So that should be a lot of fun for the next book. Absolutely. If you haven't read it, this book can be found everywhere because actually I went into a bookstore to purchase it and they were sold out. He's doing very well with this book. Wish him all the luck with the next one. Hope Rides Again coming out in July of this year, 2019. We will try to schedule something with him to have him on talk about that when it does come out. Andrew's website is very simply his name andrewshafer.com and that's S-H-A-F-F-E-R. So definitely give him a look-see. He has other books that he's written that are not mysteries. Also, on our website, take a look because we're going to include some of the group.
greeting cards that he talked about during the interview. I can't wait to look at those. They sound like a lot of fun. Of course, all of his books sound like a lot of fun. Andrew's very humorous. Well, I think that brings us to the end of another episode. Don't forget to check out our website at itwasadarkandstormybookclub.com where you can click on links to all of our episodes and sign up for our newsletter and even email us if you're so inclined. You can email us with book suggestions, with your reviews of some of the books we've reviewed. You can email us about the weather. We would love to hear from you. And we will truly read all of your emails. Absolutely. But remember, life would be boring without a little mystery. Bye. Bye.